There is one prospect standing well above the rest, but there's one defense prospect standing well above the rest of the defense prospects. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Just as I'd mentioned on yesterday's episode that Braden Yeager was way above the pack, the entire pack, at the Penguins annual development camp scrimmage that I covered Monday in Cranberry, the same applies within context to Owen Pickering, who was, of course, last year's first rounder in the NHL draft. He's not going to come with the same flash and dash and everything else that I'd mentioned about Jaeger yesterday, but then that was never sought from him. He's six foot four. He's now 200 pounds, way up from the 181 at which he weighed in for training camp last summer. He's becoming a bigger boy. And he's got long enough strides, and by that I'm not just referring to his having long legs, because you'll see sometimes, especially at the lower levels of the game, kids with longer legs will often have shorter strides because they're being more careful because they've you know, they got a longer way to fall. It's just the way you get brought up to an extent. Pickering can use that stride to lengthen his approach so it doesn't even look like he's necessarily churning, but he'll cover the ground. And in the three-on-three format that was utilized in that scrimmage, it allowed him in a weird kind of way to show off that trait, the skating trait, more than anything else. I'm going to repeat, though, this isn't Bobby Orr out there. This isn't someone who has the significant First step that you really, really want to see in an NHL caliber defenseman, but that can be worked on. I'm sure that will be worked on. But he had an opportunity late last season to come up, play with Wilkes-Barre Scranton for a little bit, a cameo thing, get your feet wet, see what the scene is like. It doesn't seem like as much of a shock to you when you eventually do make it. And now he had this opportunity at development camp to, yeah, they want to see you dominate, okay? Management wants to see their first rounders come in and take over a scene. And I can tell you that every bit as much as Jaeger did that offensively, Pickering, for me, was his match defensively. Now, it's three on three. I'm going to keep saying this. So there's not the structure that you want to see. There's not, I, I honestly, I don't even know why they do it this way. It doesn't make any sense unless they just don't have enough guys. But the three on three format, you want to see how somebody lines up coming down the right wing, flying at them. And, and you could see that on occasion, but not a lot. And the pinching is excessive and unstructured, whatever. That's enough of that commentary. But he was able to hold his own just by covering a ton of ground and using his imagination and, by the way, looking pretty comfortable presenting a good target whenever he'd come up on offense. I had a couple of questions for him afterward in a good one-on-one talk that we had. First, about what's next for him in terms of his expectations 
And then from there, what are management's expectations of him? What's being relayed to him that they want to see like right away? Owen Pickard, what's next? What's next? You know what I'm uh, Yeah. Um, I think, like I said at the draft, um, I'm going to come in to every camp with the mentality I'm going to make the team. So uh, that, that's my mentality coming into September. I'm going to come in and, and try to make the team. I'm going to try the confidence to do that uh, and just go play. And what does that mean for you? You look bigger, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm putting on a little bit of weight. Yeah. Working hard. So, uh, yeah, it, it means a lot. Obviously, the opportunity to even say that. Uh, I can possibly make an NHL team is, is pretty cool um, and it's something that I value so uh, I think for me it's about taking it day by day for the next couple months and, and, and getting ready for, for September what do they want to see from you what's what's what, you know what's the what's the big push uh, they want to see compete they want to see that that kind of style that, that I, I bring every night um, and they, they want to see me coming in and uh, playing with confidence that's it when you say compete I, I think of snarl what's that actually mean yeah I, I just think it's competing every day that's that's okay. a ping, big penguins value and that's something that, that they said to me after the draft to me that they liked about my game. So uh, when I'm going to come in, I'm, I'm going to have confidence. I'm going to try to make the team. Really well-spoken, isn't he? Do you remember at the draft in Montreal last summer that I shared that with you in, with the same semi-surprise tone? Look, I don't want to label hockey players across the board because they do come from all different backgrounds and they uh, different nationalities, different cultures, different languages. But you're not going to get a whole lot of Canadian farm boys who sound like that. All right. The Pickering family lives on a farm 10 kilometers south of Winnipeg. And that what you hear is the sound of a young man with a pretty solid upbringing, right? Sometimes you can just hear people and know that sort of thing. And he impresses me in that regard. He impresses me with his general poise. I'm not just talking about on the ice right now. But later on, after a little interview that you just heard there, Jaeger was doing a TV interview, the local station. And Pickering went over just to stand right behind the cameraman and kind of tease Jaeger a little bit and get him to maybe crack up a little bit or something while it's the kind of thing that you'd see 18 and 19 year olds do but in this case in this setting that could be really intimidating for someone that young especially with Sidney Crosby having been around for the better part of that day he he carried himself pretty nicely he's got some of that to him he's got some adult to him maybe some Brian Dumoulin to him you know and I say that in reference to the best version of Dumoulin, the two-time Stanley Cup champion. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Jeffrey, who asks DK for me, the gold standard of wrist shots. It's Peter Nedved. How does Braden Yeager's compare. Now, I did say on yesterday's show that Jaeger has an NHL-level wrist shot. He has that right now. That doesn't mean he can't refine it. doesn't mean he can't find other ways to, to pinpoint it, uh, other body positions from which to release it. But right now, 
as he's coming down the side, he'll plant himself on a flamingo leg, Phil Kessel style, and let it go. Unlike Phil, who would shoot almost always low, he'll put it upstairs. And he'll put it upstairs with conviction. One thing about development camp is that the goaltending that was there was not bad. These were legit prospects. They weren't space fillers there. And he was able to, well, he made scoring on them look kind of easy. He did it once from the right side, the way I just described. He did it another time coming down the left side, uh, kind of setting himself up in a tripod formation from the left circle and just letting it fly to the far side. He also had other finishes from in tight, but you're asking about the wrist shot. We know the gold standard for someone who specialized in a wrist shot, whose main thing was a wrist shot, particularly a longer range wrister, I'll go with Nedved. Nedved was capable of putting up 40 goals a year with 35 of them being on wristers and 20 of those being on longer range wristers. It's really, really impressive what he was able to do. But, you know, when you start talking about being able to finish with a wrist shot, you shouldn't hold it against the guys who didn't necessarily have that as their A option. And you know where I'm going here, right? Before I even get to the obvious answer, just staying within the Penguins' own history, I would point to Yaramir Yager as having a very, very good wrist shot, especially from the right side. Uh, when he'd bury it, he'd really bury it. I would never leave out of any skill discussion in franchise history Alexei Kovalev, who could do everything pretty much better than almost everybody. And yes, that included his wrister, because when he would let it go, oh my goodness. And then the best one in franchise history is the best of everything in every category in franchise history. Mario had a wrist shot. Mario had a wrist shot that he could take from anywhere, from any angle, any body position, any anything, and put it to any part of the net. Now, his preference, particularly on the rush, was to go ahead and lift the stick and boom it. But that's because his slap shot was terrifyingly accurate. So he could put even more juice on it than with the wrister but you know I don't want to go too far with the kid he's got a nice shot he's 5'11 170 he's got to do a ton of growing both physically and in every other way I appreciate the question I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins we'll do another one of these tomorrow 